0: Hello, everyone. Uh, It's Mosey Truitt, (laughs) and I'm back here with Nina Polo again. Cue music. (laughs) (laughs) Only our music is not like. It's like. (laughs) Yeah, it's like warrior music. Yeah, I love it. Welcome to In the Spirit of Horse. Hi everyone, so I'm back with Nina Polo again, as you just heard, and today we are going to dive into the topic of process uh, versus goal-based approaches. And I'm, I might find a catchier title that you will see on the top of this episode for that, but <laughs> that is the basic topic. And I think we're both really passionate and excited for this. I really am yeah. excited to talk about this and feel strongly about it. Yeah, me too. It's actually an idea you had. It was your, like, you brought this to the table. Yeah, I?
1: that's true. So do you want
0: me to start? <laughs> oh, all the pressures on you lead the way no i love pressure (laughs) well i just find i resonate with it so much in well in horsemanship for instance um i try to keep it so processed um based because i really find that the process and the journey of learning with horses is where the magic is and There are so many ways to get to a goal with a horse. And there's so many ways to get to the the finish line. Um, But what I really am interested in and what I think Liberty Horsemanship is really focused on is how you get there. And that being the most significant part. And I also find it to be the most rewarding part because – I mean, take it even simply with like cues, you know, cues you have with horses, you learn something together, repeating the same finished cue over and over. It's fun, but it's not, it's not where the play and the joy really um, come alive. And it's always like the process of creating together that I, I just value so much. Mm -hmm. And I, like Annie when we don't have something new to work on, that's when we're both like crave the feeling of the process and of the road to get there. And it's our favorite thing to do is to create something new. Um, Mm -hmm. So coming from a horse perspective or from training, quote unquote training, just horsemanship in general perspective, I think it's so important, but I right now uh, in kind of my work life, but um, in regards to like, goals and things I want to do and things I want to accomplish. I'm trying to navigate the, um, the process versus kind of goal based approach. And since we're in the new year, I don't know exactly when this is coming out 2018, hopefully early 2018. <laughs> um, depending on how uh, productive and goal-based I am, yeah. or... Uh, Get those check marks. In. Yeah, che- exactly. Um, it's something I'm navigating, and I'm really trying to actually rediscover or re- reinvent, Re it's not the right word, but I'm trying to align things differently, or I'm trying to yeah. kind of um, make a new way, find a way that works a little better than something some of the things I've done in the past and Mm -hmm. find more of a balance between the two. So I am so excited to hear your thoughts today, actually, just selfishly, because I want (laughs) to learn and I want to know things. All right. And you know a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I really, okay, my first thought is that I think you touched on something really, really important, which is balance. Yeah. So because, you know, a lot of times when there's like a this versus that, we have a tendency to make one better than the other. Totally. And I really believe that there is totally. space for both.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I just felt like the most California. Totally, dude. And like, yeah, surfing. Yeah, see, there it is. Like, people don't know that you're also like a totally bro dude from California. Yeah, they don't know that I'm like... Got you, my dude. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, bro. (laughs) Um, So the balance between the two, um, for me, I think it's it's quite similar as what you mentioned before. Like, I think I really value the process. And the first time I really started thinking about this concept was when I really noticed that my perfectionism was getting in the way of my happiness
0: oh my gosh yeah
1: yeah so like I always joke that I'm a recovering perfectionist because it's kind of like a constant thing like I always have to fight that urge a little bit to want to be perfect and Mm -hmm. I think many people can relate to that the first you know true practice that I did in order to move through my perfectionism was painting. Because Mm. when I was a little kid, and I've, you know, talked to you about this before, when I was a little kid, I would start a drawing, and I would, um, you know, view it as not perfect right away. And so I would throw it out, and I would start again, and throw it out, and start again, and throw it out. And so I would never actually finish a painting. I think I have like two drawings from my childhood that I actually finished. And it was because I had to, because it was for school. Yeah. So, um, but I always really loved, you know, drawing and painting and color and, um, shadows, you know? Um, I'm so. I'm already so
0: happy for this story. Cause I just feel like it applies to so much.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, it really does. I, I, th- this is really a metaphor for my life. So, mm-hmm. Um, because you know, that same pattern was very much uh how I went about schooling and, and other things in mm-hmm. life, uh, relationships. So <clears throat> but painting was something that I could, you know, kinda tackle in a little bit easier way yeah. as, you know, my my practice round. So I decided that I was gonna paint <clears throat> and my there was a goal, and the goal was to enjoy the process, period. That was it. All I had to do was enjoy the painting. So I got this huge, um, blackboard Mm -hmm. and I took, um, um, what do you call it? Not crayons, but what you use chalk. Chalk. Yes. (laughs) Like colorful chalk. Um, and I got a bunch of it and I was really inspired to paint by, um, kind of this metaphysical experience that I had throughout several yoga classes where you know I would most teachers in LA use music in their yoga classes and so a lot of it is like mantra music um, mm-hmm. like traditional you know Indian mantra music and there was this name that kept popping up it kept popping up and I you know I, my hearing kept isolating that and it was um Saraswati Mm -hmm. Um, who then I was like, okay, who is this Saraswati? Who is this person? So I started, you know, Googling it and it turns out that, um, she is the goddess of the arts and learning. And so that felt very, you know, synchronistic to me and like, Mm -hmm. okay, I had been thinking about painting a lot and then this happened. So I felt really inspired to do it. And I started to look at, you know, pictures of her and I started to just, you know, paint her and mm-hmm. I went about it and, you know, and it just started kind of like coming together and I was really not focused on the outcome. Mm-hmm. I, I really, because I set the intention to truly let go of what this was going to look like, you know and it was in chalk so i could always like just erase it right <laughs> which was great um because it took the pressure off of me yeah um so i started you know drawing or painting or <clears throat> and and then it came together quite beautifully and i was mm-hmm. i was surprised at how beautiful it came out And I was at the point where everything was done except for the face. And I thought, well, okay, the face. Like, this is definitely... Am I allowed to, like, cuss on your...
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I I actually don't know the... um... The rules for when it becomes like explicit—is that a thing? Podcast going explicit? I don't know. I don't know. Because I I was about to say like this is where I'm gonna fuck it up, but oh, say it. (laughs) Okay. Say that. Now I said it. (laughs) Um. Sorry for all the younger listeners. Yeah. I I mean, I'll I'll make some,
1: but I'm sure you've probably heard that somewhere else. So it's probably not new. I don't think it's really that offensive. Anyway. No, I don't think so either. Um, I, I personally really enjoy cussing I think it's it's just one way of expressing uh, yeah. certain you it's know just a tool feelings. it's just a tool mm-hmm. yeah um so anyways that's that's what I thought you know with this oh, this is definitely like I'm gonna mess it up so you know you better take it in now um and because I paused there I really had a chance to remind myself and this is like I paused and the next day I took it back up so yeah. I really gave myself a chance to reevaluate what was my intention for this. It was to let go of the outcome and process on the focus. God, that's on the, beautiful. On the process. I can just so I started. To the yeah, it was. It was really profound for me, and um, and I finished it, and I actually loved it, and yeah. I was so happy with how it had come out, and you know, I just had this profound. Sometimes when when wisdom comes to me, it it comes to me as, like, you know, it it feels like a a voice, you know, Mm -hmm. from outside that, like, says the sentence that feels really true to me. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, wisdom, thank you. Yeah. And it was very much, like, when you let go of the goal
0: and focus on enjoying the process, magic occurs. I want to write that freaking down (laughs) um, because I feel like I can... So relate in so many people to getting to the place where you're getting to the face, and, and that's such a good metaphor anyway, and you feel like <laughs> it's so important and that's where you might just put it off or feel like you don't know which is the right one to do and you put it off and you put it off and you put it off just because, um, because of the pressure there and yeah. because of, yeah, the perfectionism coming in or needing it to be a certain way and yeah. really letting go of the process and getting into the mindset of yeah. – how it's going to be completed.
1: And I think what you just said is really important because perfectionism is just our attachment to it being a certain way. Mm -hmm. Because what's perfect to me is not necessarily perfect to you. So it's not like we're attached to some, you know, factual perfection.
0: Some divine truth.
1: Exactly. (laughs) We're actually just attached to our perception of something. So true. So if we can learn to observe that first, I think it's really so important to, you know, not try to skip that step because if we're just like, okay, got it. So, you know, this is how I'm going to do it from now on. And I'm going to, you know, skip the part where I acknowledge that this is my actual craving or this is my actual want in this moment. I want it to be a certain way. Um, then we go into, like, you
0: know, some sort of, like, spiritual bypass. It's a different type of perfectionism. Yes, almost. absolutely.
1: So I really find it important for me to, to stop there and say, okay, this is how I want it to be. Um, how important is it that it actually is that way? You know, maybe looking into why do I want things to be a certain way? Um, I find that also really helpful because oftentimes if we go a little bit deeper, we find out that it has little to do with the actual Mm -hmm. thing that we're doing and more with, you know, belief systems that we've grown up with or, um, yeah, things that maybe are not longer true for us or don't actually
0: serve us any longer. Aren't quite our truth of now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, having a moment to kind of pause and and think about that is is really um, crucial to me in the process.
0: Okay, so now as a um, for our listeners, but also for me, um, <laughs> just getting into really practical, I'm bringing it in what does that look like for you? Something the thought comes into your head, like let's say with the face that you want it to be a certain way. Is that yeah. something where you you see it and you um I mean this could be different for everyone, but do you like write on it? Do you journal on it? Do you meditate on it? Do you like what does that look like for you? Yeah. Just as a That is that's
1: a great question. Um because I've it's easy to talk about these things in, in kind of like a, you know, um grand idea way. Instead of, okay, how do I actually apply this to my life? And
0: yeah, I find
1: that it does work differently for everybody. Um, If anybody is familiar with vision boarding, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something that um, I found very helpful in my life. Um, And this is like a metaphorical vision boarding that I do because I don't actually make a physical vision board for all the things that I want to do, right? Um, But, for example, when you and I had talked about doing a workshop. Mm -hmm. Which um, we're doing, by the way. Yes. I'm so excited. Come do it with us. Come do the things. Yes. (laughs) Come do all the things with us. Um, I had... Immediately, which is I think very you know normal for our minds to do that, is I had an idea of how I thought it would look, mm-hmm. um, and by that I don't necessarily mean what it would look like between you and me because I feel like you and I have a very um, natural way of interacting with each other that is quite organic. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I was never concerned with that. I just knew that we would figure it out, but I was, you know, I had this idea of, okay, it has to be at this place and, um, you know, um, it has to be like this many people. And I had like this construct of an idea of what I thought it was going to be like. And so, Because of the place that I thought where it was going to be, you know, not being um, perfectly set up at the time, I kind of was putting it off. And I was like, oh, I'll talk to Mosey about this when this is perfect and ready to go. And then I realized, okay, I'm putting something off because this is what I think it's going to be. So what happened was... Here's what the process looks like for me usually. I'm like, okay, go back to, strip it back to what is it that you want to accomplish? So what is like the big, the big goal, right? Yeah. Um, The big picture is I just want to collaborate with you because I know that we're going to have such an amazing time and I truly believe that our synergy is um something worth sharing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, that's the picture for me. So in my mind, that's my vision board. I'm like, okay, right. that's what it is. It doesn't have to look a specific way. And, and then, the details the exactly. Logistics. Yes. So getting out of our own way in, in the little things, uh, because those can become overwhelming at times, kind of like stepping back. And then personally, I like to let it sit for <laughs> a little bit. Simmer. Yes. Let <laughs> it simmer. Marinate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. it. Let it take in all the flavors Mm -hmm. and then come back to it. And what happens most of the time is that I put it out there. I put it into, you know, my mind and then it moves into my maybe subconscious and then it simmers there. And then, you know, I'll put it in quotes out of nowhere. I have like this idea and it just... Comes like a sentence to me and it yeah. goes, it doesn't have to be there.
0: Yeah, like you for can that. do
1: this with Mosey in so many different settings. And that's when I think I called you up or I texted you and I was like, hey, can we just do this? You know, can we maybe um, yeah. just do a workshop somewhere else? And that's how the process looks like for me a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that would work for everybody um, because I think that part of why that works for me is because I'm very used to observing my mind because of having a
0: meditation practice and a yoga practice. Right. You mean for like the idea to come up for you? Yes. Or for you exa- to notice and acknowledge. Exactly. Yeah. You know.
1: Um. So because it's a... a it's been a practice of being in touch with my own intuition, of being in touch with, um, which thoughts to love, Mm -hmm. you know, and embrace and which thoughts to compassionately let go. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's really been a big part of my practice for many years. So I don't know how easy that would be if, if your thoughts were maybe more, um, confusing at times. Right. So what I would say is if there's any way to pick up a daily practice, whatever that means, um, is incredibly helpful. So I know a lot of people who do, um, you know, uh, they journal, um, Mm -hmm. but instead of thinking about things, they will literally just do stream of consciousness yeah. for three minutes in the morning. First thing in the morning, you wake up, you start writing down whatever it is that you're thinking, even if it's just, I don't know what I'm thinking about. Oh, actually, yeah. I guess I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about. And if it looks like that over time, it usually changes, it transforms, and it starts becoming um, more discerning.
0: Yeah, I personally love stream mm-hmm. of consciousness writing. It, it's so interesting because I think about my process with the horses, yeah. like, you know, with the idea of um, I might have something I want to try with them. And there's no harm. And honestly, it it can be wonderful coming in with an idea. Uh, but one thing that I'm really, really big on, and I find that I'm a lot more – Maybe I'm more used to it and open to it with the horses is being able to bring in an idea to our play, but not hold on to it tightly. So being able to come in with the horses, I have an idea of something I might want to work on. Um, But if it flows and it changes in the play, being really open to that and letting it go where it needs to go. And it might even be a situation where I come in with an idea and the horses offer something different with it and I go with that and I don't even have to let go necessarily of the idea I had Mm -hmm. but taking the opportunity and flowing with the process is um it's just changed everything with the horses and it honestly brings out so much more creativity in them and so much more creativity in me and I think of that really beautiful balance with them because I don't feel pressure going in with them um, to hold on to my idea, but I also don't feel limited by my idea, if yes. that makes sense. When yeah. sometimes we can, or I find that sometimes I can have an idea, and it could become, it could become uh, confining if I only stick to it, or if or if it's not allowed to flow like water, you know, and, yeah. and become what it needs to be uh, you know, it's such a reflection with the horses and they give you such a way to look at your life and look at yourself and kind of practice. Um, and something I feel good about with the horses, but I'm still discovering how to take their lesson with me is when the flow, I guess it becomes over like too much pressure and then it just stops. And that stopping, kind of like right when you get to the face, and I guess it, it really is a, a um, has to do with perfectionism. You have an idea, and you're going and going, and you get to the face, and and then you stop because the pressure just becomes too great to create to finish it. Yeah. And yeah, I think the I love what you said about staying with what your initial intention was in those moments where they feel like pivotal moments and maybe they are in some sense but to connect back to what your original intention was which was to enjoy the process I could see that being so beneficial yeah in such a beautiful way to
1: that's so cool because so the whole time you were speaking Mm -hmm. I kept thinking don't forget to speak about intent Mm-hmm. And then you kind of wrapped it up with intention. that was cool. So <laughs> what I want to say about intent is I read this amazing quote, and unfortunately, I can't remember who said it. Um, so if anybody recognizes this, just you know, send us a message and tell me who said this because I think it's so profound. And it was something to the um, extent of um, you know, intent is not an idea. It's not a goal. It's, um, it's what keeps us going when our thoughts tell us that we have failed. Wow. And I thought that was so cool, right? Because our thoughts tell us that we fail all the time. time. Um, and that's, that's the mind. And you know, the, the mind has, um, so many different functions. A lot of times it's really trying to protect us, Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, you know, it, it comes out in ways that are maybe not necessarily um, going to bring us the highest joy in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we do get to those moments, my strongest tool that I've found is reconnecting to that intent. So it really is, you know, on a grander scale, what is it that I'm, that I'm trying to do? not even to achieve but what do i want to do and yeah we do have to ask ourselves it's kind of deep you know if you really if you really get into it if you're if you're with your horses and you have an idea of something that you want to do with them the idea might be your goal but what's behind that goal you know what yeah. do you want to do i'm assuming for you a lot of times it probably is connection how how can you
0: stay as connected as you can with your horses yeah i'm thinking right now about it i'm actually kind of thinking how this is the difference because um with my horses i feel very clear on my intent and on my to-do and it's never really about the goal and Mm -hmm. i know that very deeply i want to um i want to connect and i really want to build them up and i want to build us up together and behind everything is the intention to grow and to love and to create. Mm-hmm. Um but the individual accomplishments or what I want to accomplish, those are all just expressions of the intent. And they're really not the point. And I feel that very deeply and know that very deeply that they're not um they're not leading the show. Mm-hmm. The intention is leading, and and that's why they can be flexible. They can be there, but they can be flexible. Yeah. And I think getting that kind of clarity in what I want to do on a um, – whether, you know, it doesn't feel like career, but like a life path yeah. and people being able to get clear on their life path. I love what you're saying about focusing on what you want to do over what you want to accomplish because there is a difference there.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, maybe – you know, since we're doing like a one on one coaching session right now, oh, yeah, I can. <laughs> basically, you know, for you, like you have so much to give, it's crazy. You have so much to give, and you're so talented that I think you have, uh, like so many avenues that you could use, right? And because of that, you probably have all these things. Like, I remember talking and, you know, we were talking about documentary and we're talking about, you know, Liberty Ranch that, you know, you're starting and a podcast and, you know, workshops and still having time to connect with your horses every day. And yeah, there's so many things, right? And they all have incredible value. So with all those things, what I would do is sit down, um, and truly without any pressure, kind of mm-hmm. let myself think, okay, what is it that I'm trying to put out into the world with yeah. this and maybe journal on that since journaling is something that you enjoy doing,
0: yeah, you could probably is.
1: journal on that for, you know, maybe like a couple days or a couple of weeks and see what comes out. Then, then let it maybe sit And then come back to it. And when you reread it, mark the words that really stick out to you.
0: That's great. I'm going to be really listening to Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: So this is something that I've learned from one of my my teachers. So you mark the words that Mm -hmm. um, really stick out to you and then take those words. And with those words, you're going to create an intention. I love that. So then you have that intention, and that intention is going to be your guideline for every action that you do. So when you're thinking about, how am I going to do this podcast, you can go back, think of, or, you know, read your intention. And actually, the the, uh, traditional yoga practice that I practice, Mm -hmm. um, when we have that intention, we work with it in a um, specific type of meditation, and we do that for uh, 40 days so that it's seated in our subconscious and i'm happy to uh do that with you uh
0: yes could we do an entire (laughs) private session right now please absolutely (laughs) this really my um my true intention for creating this podcast was just to get private help (laughs) i think that's why everybody does podcasts i know like who do i really want to talk to who do i want to learn from and uh (laughs) No, but actually, but honestly, I mean, there's a truth in that. Like I'm yeah. part of the reason why I'm really excited about doing the podcast and have um, picked to focus on it more recently because I've also been trying to this year simplify because there are so many different avenues yeah. I and so many things I want to do I'm trying to simplify and narrow down. And the podcast uh, was a big one for me because it was bringing together like amazing people and amazing ideas and it just felt so right going a little off topic here but it felt so right to uh to bring in more community because community is so big for me and and now you saying this about like being clear on your intention and it's almost like writing a mission statement for yourself yeah um I'm really excited to do that and kind of see like why I've picked to really focus on the podcast because I think there's there's very specific reasons why this avenue felt right for right now. And I think it'll be great to get clear and kind of see uh, just how how I can know myself more on what I want to do and why I want to do it and what avenues are going to be the best for, for going there.
1: Yeah, and I think you already have a very strongly developed intuition, probably because <laughs> of the horses, to be honest. I feel like they the lessons that they've taught you and how you were able to actually listen must have put you, unless you were just born like this. But I <laughs> no, it like, the horses. <laughs> you know, because they, they do that with us. They really um, allow us to put things into perspective. And, um, yeah, they're just such incredible they teachers do. that way. They
0: really, really are. No, just to no bring the horses back in. I just know, somewhere. to bring the horse back into this. This is a horse podcast. But honestly, <laughs> the truth is about this podcast is I I see it. I'm not afraid to dive away from horses. I've just lost all of the horse followers. They're all like clicking <laughs> off. This isn't my horse. <laughs> but, no, but no, stay, stay, <laughs> stay. Oh. <laughs> um, But really, like, this podcast to me is about the lessons of the horses and – I find that to be the most valuable thing is, you know, what we can learn from them, not so much what we can teach them. And yes, so to me, this makes perfect sense because these are the lessons of the horse being embodied in in all avenues of life. And it doesn't just have to be in horse training.
1: Because this is something that you and I have touched on, um, you know, privately as well, um, is community and... Creativity and how those two kind of can really go together. And I think that it has an importance here as well with this topic because I find that, you know, a lot of times in the process, in the part of the process where I'm marinating Mm -hmm. my idea, my intent, what I do is... I surround myself with people that I'm really inspired by, and I have conversations that are inspiring, and I have, you know, interactions with people, and also just truly, like, energetically being around people who do things in ways that you maybe wouldn't have thought of Yeah,
0: seeps into us. Marinating ourselves. We're marinating ourselves. As we marinate our (laughs) ideas, we marinate in our... Yes. And then, you know,
1: that beautiful community, even if it's a one-on-one with people, can truly let creativity, you know, rise. It naturally comes out. And maybe that's where, you know, then that thought, you know, pops into my head. You know, maybe that's where it comes from. Maybe it's all the marinating, you know, slowly... Then we start boiling things up and it starts to, you know. Love that word. Turn into.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But no, I completely agree. We were talking about this a little earlier. And also with the um, motivation and the inspiration to keep going. Yes. Because sometimes I feel personally like I get the nugget of truth. Like I get the amazing idea that I'm so excited about. And as I keep going Uh, perhaps less centered on my intention and getting more wrapped up into the very physical like how to make this happen the inspiration can start to drain so I've been thinking more about how to bring that inspiration with you because there are going to be hard times where you know things might have to shift and things will challenge you but I think if you have you know you know that feeling of If you're feeling empowered and you're feeling inspired, a challenge comes up and it doesn't feel like it's going to break or end your idea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we've probably all been in the two situations of, you know, we have a challenge, but we're really in our momentum and we're inspired and we feel like we have support. Yeah. And we feel like, oh, it's great. We trust that the universe is going to take care of it. And it's all conspiring to,
0: like, work with <laughs> us, right? Yeah, and you see the challenge as a um, an opportunity. Exactly.
1: And then we've all been in the other situation where it's like, you know, there's, like, a tiny rock on the way. And we just, yeah. like, fall down and we crumble up and into, cry. like, fetal position. And we're just like, I am never getting up again. and And it's okay to have both of those. I really yeah. believe that, like especially in the ones where we are in a fetal position and feel like we just want to cry our lives away, that's when it's really important to two things. One, have self-compassion and, and allow ourselves the time that we need to acknowledge our, our pain and the struggle and that, you know, life is not always easy for everyone. Um, and then also having, you know... Like, I like to call all my friends teachers because yeah. I really feel that, you know, there's always going to be that that person that comes in at the right time, and usually it's around when I really needed, that will say something that kind of, you know, feels like miraculously pulls me out of that really deep hole. Yeah. Um. So I would agree that community is just so important
0: and it is I, I value it. I value like herd in that way. Yes. It's just invaluable. And the horses know that and we feel it deep down. And we also are living in a time where we really are very separate. And the idea yeah. of individual um, success or individual independence, um, you know, and there's a place for independence, but it doesn't aid us to feel so isolated like it can help you to feel isolated I really agree
1: with that I, I I truly believe that um you know there's somehow the idea of you know we all have to like live alone and we have to like be able to take care of ourselves without others at all without needing others, you know, being needy is regarded as something like really horrible. Um, you know, uh, the word codependency is thrown around as if, you know, it was (laughs) just because you have friends who support you, like, and that you like to spend time with, like, um, and I, I really believe that that idea is counterproductive to our happiness um I think of my parents you know and they lived with like 10 people and they all you know they were activists together and I always thought of that as something really beautiful because we of course we get challenged we get challenged a ton when we're living with that many people you know I I think of like you know, people doing dishes in a way that I don't like. And it drives me right. insane just thinking about that. And at the same time, I go back to my intent for life. And yeah. it's definitely not to get hung up on how somebody cleaned the dishes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I so feel this. I feel <laughs> you so deep on that.
1: And the longer we live alone, the more neurotic we get. And I was telling you earlier, I've been living by myself for, I think it's been five months. Um, I was married before and then I uh, had a roommate afterwards and then I lived in my van for a little bit. So I was kind of like with people all the time because I would crash at my friends' houses all the time. And then I moved in by myself and I was really, you know, really craving my own space and not having to have people around. And now I'm realizing it just makes me more rigid and it makes me less flexible um because everything we do seeps into the other areas of our lives so if i'm more rigid in how i live and how i think things have to be a certain way for me to be happy that already is a rigidity that is going to obstruct my happiness
0: i was actually just talking to my friend claire who you know her um Claire Andrew everyone she's great you can find her on wonderful person such a wonderful person (laughs) um and for one I have to say going to her house and sorry Claire I'm like I'm just gonna tell everyone how wonderful you are for a little bit (laughs) you and your family um but going to her house and her um community she has an amazing sister Lily also great hi Lily Mm -hmm. um it's one of the most supportive, inspiring places I've been and they all are so positive and so like the kind of effortless motivation, not to say that they don't have struggles, you know, I don't know, but just, it's beautiful. It's just insanely beautiful. And, and I kind of, I look at them and I look at their lifestyle and I think about, um, how specifically with the ranch that I'm trying to open up, um, liberty ranch i'm gonna think i'm moving in yeah i know seriously i i'm like writing down the list of names of people who need to join me um we'll talk about this after the podcast we have a lot to talk about um (laughs) i think about like how i really do want to make it a very strong community and that we need to I am a strong believer that we need to see our friends a lot more than we see them. Yes. And going over to Claire's house, I always am taken aback by just how beautifully it works and how inc- like they feel so inclusive and so welcoming and open. Um, but I was actually just with them and I was having a conversation and she was talking about how uh, she considered me a, uh, and this is not to be creepy, but like a collector of people in some way yes. of like bringing people together and that she saw me that way. And I I was kind of like taken aback a little because um, on my first thought was I can be a very a very particular person like if I get into it too much like I can have it where I like want the dishes done a certain way you know and I think we all can but I know that side of myself that can get frustrated and Mm -hmm. I'm also someone who needs a lot of time alone and really values it Uh, but on the other hand when I kind of like got deeper I've been thinking recently like this past year 2017 I really have like our house that we're in right now has become a, a big gathering place for a lot of people. And on the weekends, there could be like five people living in our kind of one, two-bedroom place. And yeah. it's great and it's wonderful. And sometimes I think like, I really like minimalism. So sometimes I get caught in the thought of if my house is like really clean, you wouldn't know it right now because it's not, <laughs> um, but or if it's really like minimized then things will be good, it'll be open, it'll be cleansed. But when I have like so many people coming in and out of this house, like it doesn't always stay that way. Yes. And really the value of having all these people in this community and having that kind of home and family around is so much more oh, it's healing and yeah. beautiful. And it's not what I would think of as like, okay, if I'm going to be productive and I'm going to do this. It's going to be a clear space. I'm going to have time to alone. And maybe there's something in, like you said, not putting up the, the rigid structures of what happy or what productive or what um, fulfilled looks like and rather experiencing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a perfect way of exemplifying, you know, how being in community with other people, it really teaches us that we kind of have to let go of this thought that once things are a certain way, we can be happy because really it's the, the present moment is really the only thing we have, right? Like this is where we're at. Definitely. So if we can't figure out to be happy now, um, most likely we won't be happy once we have all the things either with that said it is also important i think to create spaces where we do feel at home and we do feel comfortable you know and like i'm also a big believer in minimalism and so i i do believe that you know having things around us that serve a true purpose and that purpose sometimes is just to make us happy by its beauty um that's really valuable in itself Mm -hmm. but if we're attached to that being a source of or or a requirement for happiness um then it's, it's a little bit of a lost battle
0: yeah i mean i i so agree with all of that and where i notice for me my comprehension of that versus like my how I get entangled with it where it kind of there's uh, an imbalance in that or it doesn't quite sync up is the feeling that everything is good right now and I can be very happy with how everything is right now and then also feeling almost like to be honest like a not reaching my full potential in a way of like Like if there's something I want to do and I'm trying not to feel guilt, which has been a big theme of the past year, like guilt over um, having not completed something, knowing that there is certain things that will make me feel very fulfilled and that like, for instance, when I'm writing all the time, I feel really good Mm -hmm. and following that feeling. But, you know, if I want to complete something, kind of like not saying this quite right, but I think it comes back to kind of like the face. I don't know. I love that um, metaphor you gave of like a writing, for instance, went from the joy of expression to I really want to finish this book, you know, Mm -hmm. or something like that for me actually is a really has been a huge theme of like, I know I need and want to do this, but maybe just even the need and the pressure of that of like, I want to finish this book is is what is sabotaging me, mm-hmm. you know, and it's what is keeping me from doing it.
1: Yeah, that's such an interesting dilemma. I'm definitely very familiar with mm-hmm. it. And I was, I'm so like, honored to have um, a few friends who are uh, uh, Buddhist Dharma teachers. Mm-hmm. And so they tell me all the time about what the Buddha said. Uh-huh. And that's really cool because the Buddha had... A lot of knowledge. Um, a lot of cool things to <laughs> say. A lot
0: of cool things to say. I heard say. that. Yeah, it was pretty
1: neat. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think uh, you know, he was he was quite the cool guy. And um, in one of my friends, you know, it's kind of like a peer-led class. So if I call him a teacher, he would probably, you know, he's very humble, so he would probably be like, I'm not a teacher, I'm just somebody who's telling stuff. Um <laughs> But my friend Paul, he's amazing, and he um, was asked kind of about that. You know, when how do we move from contentment mm-hmm. and really allowing ourselves to to experience happiness and joy about the present moment and the circumstances the way that they are? Um, And then when are we, you know, maybe wallowing (laughs) or maybe, you know, preventing ourselves from achieving our full potential?
0: Yeah. Oh my God. You just said it so much better. (laughs) Exactly what I meant.
1: I'm just copying what that guy was saying. So (laughs) I won't take the credit, but he asked that question and my friend Paul said something that resonated with me so much. He said, that is when I found that teachers come in because our teachers have an outsider's perspective. Uh And like I said, teachers can be our friends, right? It can be the friend that goes, Hey, I think, um, you know, it's okay for you to be sad, but also maybe let's move into something, you know, that might make you feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe it's an actual teacher who, you know, we'll let you know, or for me, since I work a lot, um, around, uh, recovery from addiction, you know, a lot of people have mentors or, you know, if they're in the program, uh, they'll have sponsors. And so having that person or those people who are kind of like your, you know, spiritual helpers, yeah. um, that will really let you know, okay, am I, Am I, am I doing what I need to do in order to fulfill my purpose in life? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, with you, like my, my guess is that, um, you're probably hard on yourself (laughs) (laughs) because you have so many outputs, uh, to, to put the beauty that you have to share with the world into. And so, you know, Like, just from knowing a little bit, I would say maybe for you, it might be helpful to narrow um, your focus and put your energy towards, you know, maybe two or three specific things, which can be hard because they're all amazing projects. (laughs) Um, But maybe, you know, knowing that it is going to be for a time period, um, doing that. And then as you do that, you know, maybe letting go a little bit of the pressure of having to do it all.
0: Right. And keeping... The intention of enjoying the process too to be yes. able to not hold on to the perfectionism and yes. needs to be in
1: and maybe in when you fully grasp you know what is it exactly that you're trying to put out into the world maybe yeah. it will become more clear which avenues are the, the most effective
0: yeah I love this thank you <laughs> Nina thank you very very much Um <laughs> thank you Paul <laughs> I, that makes me happy because this year, one of the biggest thing I did with like, you know, 2018 goals, yeah. like was to really simplify, um, because I do have so much I want to do that it, I end up not being able to really do any of it fully. Yes. Um, and so I've been trying to like, like at first it was like, I was going to be like, I'm going to get two goals, like just two of them and then. And then when they're done, like, you know, bring in something else. And yeah. it, and it was hard to go through, like, a list of, like, 15 and be like, ah, you know, which ones. But it yeah. actually has been a really big weight off my shoulders. And I think that's how I've been able to start the podcast, too, because it became one of my top ones. Mm-hmm. Um, because it also allowed me, like, the permission to just kind of dive into it more um, specifically, and I'm going to try to hold on to more of the joy of why I'm doing it. Yeah. And finding joy.
1: Because this is fun. It is fun. It
0: is freaking fun. (laughs) It is so fun. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Actually, this has been fantastic. And I also, what you said, sorry, I meant to, it's just this occurred to me too, is, you know, finding those teachers that are kind of, whether they're friends or like mentors or whoever it is to come in, that totally ties back to the importance of community and why you feel more motivated and more inspired with people around you that that you can look to in the times when you trip over a pebble and you're yeah. on the floor crying.
1: And I think community also um, gives us humility, mm-hmm. which is so important in play and learning, yeah. right? Because if we're not humble then we're assuming that we know things. And I love when I feel humble, I feel like everybody has something to teach me, and that's my favorite way of viewing the world.
0: Yeah, that is beautiful. And that is so something that I think for most of us is hard to get out of because there is a joy in that. And I think people can feel um, feelings of humbleness being mixed with feelings of not being good enough when really it's not the same no. thing it's really not
1: yeah i really um it's funny because um you know that kendrick lamar song um, oh, which one be humble <laughs> oh yeah yeah. i think it's called humble and the main thing is like bitch sit down be humble yeah <laughs> and so you know i'm not a fan of the word bitch um but in this case, I, I uh, made this my mantra for a while because I was finding myself getting annoyed um, at other people mm-hmm. um, for, you know, a myriad of reasons. But yeah. um, I, I just found myself being annoyed a lot. And so... I would especially notice it in the car. I think it's, you know, I I never lived anywhere where I had to drive. So mm-hmm. when I moved to LA, I had to get my driver's license at, you know, age 30, which was terrifying. And then um, I've been driving a, a lot more because we're so spread out out here. Yeah. And um, And so it's so easy to get annoyed, you know, because... Mostly, when we're in the car, we're not enjoying the process. We're, uh, you know, targeting our goal of getting somewhere, mm-hmm. and so when we're trying to get somewhere, it's very easy for us to get, you know, just annoyed with anything that comes in the way of that. And so whenever there was a driver, you know, doing something funky. Um, I would get annoyed, and then immediately, because the universe has a funny way of showing us things, immediately, maybe, I don't know, three, five minutes later, I would do something very similar, and then (laughs) the song would always come into my mind, and so then I just started listening to the song whenever I was driving, Uh and it really helped me because it it was so humorous
0: to me, you know, that... Which is important to be playful with ourselves. Exactly. It? It's, I think... It's non-judgmental.
1: Yes, absolutely. The more we can laugh about our own minds and their tendencies, um, I think the, the
0: easier it is to experience joy. Oh, I so agree. <laughs> the more we <laughs> so, can laugh in general. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, we can laugh and cry and just in general experience all of our emotions.
0: Yeah, we're allowed to. Yes. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> they're
1: all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was kind of my mantra um for a long time and I and I really found it helpful, you know, to do it in a way that was like, you know, with this kind of like, you know, kind of like hip hop song that uses language that I don't usually use mm-hmm. to really soften it up for me. Yeah. And to
0: not take myself so seriously. Oh, I love it. I I really love that. I love that um it feels kind to yourself too when you, when you take it, not that it's not important, but when you take it less seriously and you realize that like no one really knows what they're doing yeah. too, it can, I find that works best yeah. for me. It's most kind and compassionate for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. Oh, I love all of this. I know. This is <laughs> such. We always have such great conversations. Such great I'm conversations. glad we're finally recording them. Oh,
0: me too. <laughs> This is me too. Part of my uh the doing and experiencing and enjoying the process. Yeah. This is the literal example right Absolutely, now. Absolutely for me too. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nina. Um personally, this has been very helpful for me. <laughs> really great. I hope everyone this has been helpful for you listening to Nina's amazing wisdom. I'm sure it has. How could it not? <laughs> If you wanna check out Nina and her work, you can find her at Animal Alchemy on Instagram or theanimalalchemy.com. Both links will be in the show notes. Nina and I are actually teaching a workshop this April, April 21st to be exact. This workshop is all about unlocking creativity through the power of play. And I am so excited for this event. If you'd like to sign up, you can find details on my website, libertyhorsemanship.com under workshops. There's also a link to sign up in the show notes as well. Thank you everyone for listening. And again, if you like this podcast and feel like subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review on iTunes, it is so, so appreciated. Thank you all. And I will talk to you next week.